What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonsen, and this is a foiling series episode. Uh, today's guest is Fernando Novais, also known as Mizo, uh, Mizo Fernando on Instagram. And he is leading the charge in performance surf foiling. Um, he's one of the guys that when you're looking for inspiration, you pull up his Instagram page, see what he's doing, go break down some of his recent clips, and then go try to take that and uh, you know learn from it and bring it into the water. At least that's what I do. Um, some background on Fernando. He's 36 years old. He's Brazilian. Um, he's been into all sorts of board sports. Surfing, you should look... Uh, you know, through his Instagram, you'll see some of the pictures surfing, got super into stand-up paddle surfing. Uh, he skates, um, and he loves all aspects of foiling, you know, prone, sup, jump starts, pumping, downwinders, like straps, everything. Um, and so I was excited that he came on the show. Um, I This episode, the audio is goes in and out a couple times and it took me a little while to get it put together because uh, it required a little bit of editing and I've been pretty busy. So thanks for hanging in there. I know I've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, DMs about getting this episode up. Everyone's fired up. So uh, Fernando will come back on the show at some point, I am sure. So if there's something that we did not hit that you'd like us to have hit, great English, um, you know, send me an email and the next time he's on the show, we'll do it. So... Uh, some fun shows coming up. The Flow series show that I did with Chris Rasman went over quite well. A lot of positive feedback on that. I have a few shows coming up on Flow and then some fun ones on foiling uh, coming up here in, in the near future. So stay tuned for those. All right, guys, uh, we'll jump right into the show today. Enjoy the interview with Mizo Fernando. And thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. very much for the opportunity for having me on the show. I think this is pretty good for all the foil community that's growing on a daily basis. And yeah, I'm great today, man. It's my day off. <laughs> so riding my bike to surf. I love that. So this is the first podcast that we're doing with someone in transit to go surf. So I love it. Um, I've had I've done a lot of them with folks sitting yeah, in their awesome. car looking at the waves, but but first on a bike going to surf. Um so man, well, I'm on a bike with my backpack. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. Uh, all right, so so why did you start foiling, right. Fernando? Tell me about it. Well, uh, where I live, the waves aren't the best for surfing, and you know what a surfing what a surfer what a surfer wants is that getting barrels, boosting airs, and all that. And I only get to get barrels and see big airs when the waves are really good. And if I want to get in really good waves, I have to do what I'm doing right now. I have to ride my bike for 40 minutes. Sorry. Uh, I have to drive a car for half hour, maybe one hour. I have to cross the ferry to go to the next city. So it's kind of pain in the ass, you know. And finally bought the, this huge, whole new world or uh, riding the waters. And after I saw that video 
from Kyle Emmy riding his uh, Nash XC on the Open Ocean 12. Uh, I said, oh, he got me. Because I was paddling uh, a lot on F2P. Because, you know, I can't surf all the time because the waves are not good all the time. And I saw something in there. Then I started to look for foils, you know, and there's one guy in my town who was really into kiteboarding. He, was, he used to make uh, kite surfboards back in the day. And he started making his own hydrofoils. And I walked to his shop, and he had some prototypes. And everything started. I bought my first foil from his hand. It was a second-hand hydrofoil, and everything started. What was that foil? What kind of foil was it? Uh, it, it was a King, King foil. Have you seen it? King foil on Instagram. He's on, he's on Instagram. Okay. And what was the shape King of that foil? foil? Was it a, was it a, t talk about, let's, let's start at the beginning of, of you foiling. Let's talk about your, your arc through gear. Um, I know what you're currently riding and we'll get into that, but you know, what was the first type of wing that you ride? What was that King foil and, and how did you progress through? All right. Um, I first started riding an F2P with actually small wings. It doesn't measure the wing by its area. It measures his wing by a uh, wingspan or torque. So it has a 70 centimeter wingspan plus 25 centimeter torque. Okay. And that was it. Okay. That's what, that was my early days of foiling. And how did that wing feel? And so at that point, you were only on the stand-up. How long did you stay on the stand-up, and, and what did you like about it? Well, I spent about two months on the stand-up, and uh, after two months, well, I actually started trying to clone all the stand-up because, you know, it, it has a lot of formation. Yeah. It's not easy to paddle. And my first day, I guess my first uh, four, four sessions, I was cloning on the stand-up, paddle board, and then I went to actually standing up on the board. And I spent about two months riding the S2P. Uh, haven't tried on the boat before, but after two months, I went on the boat, behind the boat, and everything became way easier. Yeah. That's... Now, in the beginning, it's very hard to adapt with the speed of the wave and uh, the speed that the foil comes up. So... That's what I say to everybody that's trying to start. Always go behind the boat. I agree. So then how did you move from SUP into prone? Did you change wings at the same time? How long did you stay on that wing? Well, I stayed on that wing uh, for, I don't know, maybe seven months, eight months. I don't know by, by heart how much I spent on this wing. But everything, made, everything became different when I first started, I tried very, very small brown uh, board. It was a 4-0, but super thin and super narrow because it was a kite uh, foil board. But as I'm really light and I'm, as I'm really short, I could get along with that. 
Yeah. And Let's cover that. Crazy the amount of big. How big are you, Fernando? That yeah. does make a difference. Well, I'm about. You 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 broke up there. I'm sorry. How how how? What was that? Kilos or pounds? How big? I weigh I weigh sixty five kilos. Sixty five kilos. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that in pounds would be about one hundred and forty. <laughs> Um, times 140 something, maybe. Yeah, 140 pounds. Bad. Okay, uh, and that makes a big yeah. difference in in what wings you're flying and, oh, it does. and what boards you're what, what boards you're using. What was your what was your second wing? Uh, the second wing was a uh, pretty much the same wing, but it had more chord. Okay. A little more chord. It so, was. A, I first started with a 25 centimeter chord. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped to a 30 centimeter chart with the same wingspan, okay. 70 centimeters. So let me explain that real quick for everyone who's who's maybe not familiar with that. When you look at the design of a wing, you have the wingspan, which if you're looking at the wing, that's how wide the wing is. And then the, the cord of the wing is from the leading edge to the, the trailing edge. So higher aspect wings are longer in wingspan and shorter in cord. And lower aspect wings are are um have a longer cord relative to wingspan so you're saying that you actually move towards a, a lower aspect wing then and what did that do for you it's... i felt more lift felt more lift yeah a little a little more lift and i could uh, i could pump better i felt that i could pump really better yeah that makes sense Amazing. How long did you stay on that? Is it, and, that was also a king. Yes, it was also a king foil, king, uh, king foil wing. Okay. And how long did you stay on that wing? Well, I didn't stay uh, only on that wing. I always kept sweeping, uh, switching wings. Yep. And uh, I, I was riding uh, when the waves were bigger. I was riding the smaller wing, and the waves when the waves were smaller, I was riding the a little bigger wing. Okay. That was pretty much it. How soon in this and process did you start connecting waves? When I, well, when I was riding the SUP, yep. I always tried to connect wave, but I didn't have enough lift because the wing was, were small. Okay. And then when I, when I tried the, the prone board, I started to connect waves because, you know, when you ride a very short board, it, everything becomes Way easier for pumping and connecting waves. It does. When, when you were on the stand-up, were you paddling while you were pumping? Did you figure out the same kind of rhythm like Derek Hama uses, which is one? Oh, nowadays, yeah. What, nowadays, yeah? Nowadays, yes. But not then? Yeah, nowadays. Not, not back then because the wing was very, very small. Even if I used all my strength to paddle and pump uh, along, I couldn't do it. Yep. How did how did the sport change for you? I know this was a big point for me. Like when when I realized that you're taking off on one wave, but that's not necessarily the wave that you're gonna surf or that you want to surf. And then your playing field, like as as a lifelong surfer, you take off on a wave and it's that's your wave. Uh, but in foiling, when you take off on a wave, all of a sudden 
especially on some of like the high aspect wing that I'm riding now, I have range of like 100, 150 meters in either direction down the beach. It really changes the way that you look at the landscape of a lineup and the whole thing. Um, what was that? What was that like for you? Did, was that a, a big moment? Oh, I think it, this is a, this is what makes uh, hydro falling so special. Yeah, because you get to ride the ocean. You don't get to ride only one single wave, and it makes a, the, a huge difference when you, you when you have that that approach. Yeah. Um. What is your approach? We're going to go back to the wings here in a second, but you mentioned the approach. What's your approach as you're paddling into a wave? What What is your mental... Oh, it depends. Go ahead. It depends on what, on what the wave is doing. If I see that's uh, very... Well, if I'm sitting on the lineup and I'm more on the inside and I see that the set's coming, I try to catch any waves that I can get up and pump back out. If I'm sitting outside and I catch a, a set wave, I try to ride it just, a, you know, just a, a normal uh, ride. So it all depends on where I'm sitting and depends what's happening in the ocean. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the wings. I, I, I love that. That's the, the same way that I do it too. You know, the if I see a set coming, I try to get up on anything I possibly can just so that you're up. Uh, even if I see a set way down the beach, I'll just try to pop up on whatever, and then and then and then you're exactly. off. Exactly, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and once a lot you're of, up, man. <laughs> a lot of times, when when a little set will be coming through, I love to chip in on the first wave of the set, and and maybe not ride it at all. Maybe just pump right out the back, so then I can pump out and I can catch the second, third, or fourth wave of the set, but way before it even starts breaking. So then your first turn on that wave is like right in the pocket of the first, of right where it starts to break. That's like, that's my favorite right now, I think. Yeah, man, I think that, that that's where hydrofoil hydro surfing is going. I yeah. think that's the approach. Yeah. It's basically like you can tow yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's how I feel. Sometimes, even when I'm uh, towing in, riding with the jet ski, behind the jet ski, uh, Sometimes I would just let go of the rope because I saw the wave way before <laughs> the guy who's uh, towing me. So I just released the rope and I pumped straight into the wave that's coming. <laughs> that's <laughs> you awesome. can tow yourself in. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I do the same thing all the time. I ri- our, our boat is a super small little inflatable boat with a, with a 9.9 horsepower motor on the back. So we don't get it very close to the surf zone. So the, I drop off all the time and then pump into the peak. It's, it's awesome. Uh, all right, so let's go back to that yeah. second wing. So the second wing had a longer cord, so a little lower aspect, a little bit more lift. Um, what did you learn going from the first to the second wing? Were there any big learning moments in there for you? Mm, I don't think if the wing actually changed what I was learning. I think um, the learning curve process was on the go, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just from changing the wing, just from my my technique and my skills going uh, developing more and more. What were some of those but techniques always, that you were figuring out at that point? Was that sorry? I said, what what were some of the techniques that you were figuring out at that point? Well, uh, learning how to, you know, start the drawing lines. Just like uh, regular surfing does, you know, going uh, bottom turning, then top turning, and 
trying to understand how to maintain lift, you know, maintain the, the height of the board, trying not to let the board come to touch the water and trying not to, how can I put it? You know, when you, when the wind comes off the water. Yeah, you breach. When you get too high on the lift. Yeah, exactly. When you breach. So trying not to breach and trying not to let the board touch the water. And, you know, writing, just like I said, drawing lines, going bottom turning and then top turning and then pumping. Pumping is, is something that's uh, very technical, very, very technical. To, to have an efficient pumping, yeah. it's not easy. It's something that you, you, don't, you, you won't get it like uh, in your very beginning of foreign. It takes a while. It takes practice. All right. So you just mentioned so, yeah. the two, two things that I want to touch on. And let's start with pumping because I think pumping is going to be more relevant to, to more folks that are listening. Talk us through what you think about pumping, how you've learned, and what other activities. I saw a post the other day you were skating, um, you know, skateboarding. I, you know, what are you bringing in from other sports into pumping? I get that asked to me all the time. Um, it's probably the number one thing, how do I pump better, that people are asking me. So why don't you give us Fernando's uh, guide to pumping? Uh, let's see. Do a lot of squats. <laughs> Do a lot of squats. And no, but uh, seriously, uh, I think for good pumping, first, you have to understand the wing you're riding. Because some wings are not meant to pump at all. You know? And if you have a good wing, a good wing that it's right for pumping, I think uh, having the wing really close to the surface of the water. It's something that will make it very easier. Um, small board, definitely small board. Makes everything way easier for, for pumping. And practice, man, practice. You have to spend time on the water, in the water, actually. So, so let's talk about the wings that are not for pumping. What's a wing that you've ridden that is, that is not made for pumping? Uh, let's say, uh, very, um, if it's not a high aspect, because you, you see that, uh, high aspect ring wings are, are mostly thin, has that thin profile mm -hmm. on a high aspect wing. You have a lot of lift, even the wing being thin, but if you have that, uh, that something that is a low aspect, and it, ha and, it has a, and, it, and it has a lot of profile, that would be a way easier way easier to pump. So I try that, um, I try towing in with the, oh, just one second, there's someone calling me. Yep. You there? Yep. Okay, let me, let me get back to it. So I think it's um, 150 from lift. The mm -hmm. classic yep. wing they have for towing in, and it can't pump at all because it's a very small wing, and it has a very thin profile, right? So right. It, it, I can't pump on that. But I got the 150 from Unifoil, and it actually pumps amazingly well. 
what's the even difference being the, a very small wing what's the difference between those two wings so my experience with the lift wings and i really want to try the lift 200 um that's on my on my to-do list of wings to ride because i've been watching some of the guys uh you included i believe who ride the lift 200 and i'm seeing some great clips and some really beautiful turns coming out of that wing my experience with lift is that i rode the 170 under a stand-up and i'm a pretty big guy i'm like probably 195 pounds and I could barely get that wing up, even in solid head high surf. It was really hard for me to fly. Once I was flying, it was the fastest wing I've ever felt. But it was really hard for me to even get it up on the water. And and this was very early on in my learning curve. So, you know, I wonder how much of that was user error. Probably a lot of it. Um, so that's why I want to give it another shot. But what are the differences between the 150 unifoil and the 150 lift, and why do you think that you can pump the unifoil over pumping the lift? Mm, I, I can't really explain the, the technical part of the design. Okay. Why does it put better than you know than the the, the, the lift? What I think mostly is the profile because the the old the classic surf, um, not not the surf, but the classic wings from lift. I tried the my the first lift wing I tried. It was that classic 170. Yep. But just like you said, it was super fast once you're riding the wave. But for pumping, I think as the profile was so thin, it, it had that very late uh, lift. And if you lose speed, the, the wing will lose lift right away. Yep. I'd like to get Nick on the show to talk about these wings, but my understanding is, in looking at what they what they have online, I think those wings were actually designed for kiting, or for the e exactly. That's why. Yeah. yeah. So in kiting, you have power on tap, and you're going a lot faster. Yeah, that's so something you want, pulling you. Yeah, you want less drag, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and I love the construction of those wings. Um, so. Oh, they're very prime. Yeah. Um, so what's the difference in pumping, since we're on the pumping topic right now, um, a wing like the 150, do you also have the Unifoil 210 or 170, the higher aspect? I have the 170, it's actually 163. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a mind-blowing wing. I'm just learning to do turns yep. and to bridge the tip of the wing out yep. of the water and keep the control of it. So I'm very, very amazed with this wing because, you know, I always thought that a uh, high aspect wing were not that good for turning. It was better going straight, you know, doing downwind and just pumping around. But now I'm actually starting to do turns. And I'm very surprised because something that I always looked for was um, a wing where you can have the most the best performance on the wave, and you can still pump. And I always try to find that. And it's been a journey trying to find that wing, you know? And now I guess I found something that it fits what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I'm very, very stoked. The 210, the 210 from, uh, from Clifford, it's amazing. Uh, it, it pumps very, very well. You know, for heavier guys like you, you know, bigger guys, uh, this wing will will do it. Will definitely do it. But for me, the the 210, I guess, is way too big. Mm -hmm. I think I can get away with the 170 just enough. 
I can jump off the rock and pump with the 170 just like I do with the uh, 210. That's because I'm light. That's insane. It makes the, big, the biggest difference, yeah. I'm having the same feelings right now about that 210, it sounds like, that you're having about the 170, which is, you know, it's it's taken me a while to feel comfortable really pushing that wing in turns. But I, I breach wingtips now frequently and land a lot of them. Um, oh, which that's is, so which cool, is man. crazy. And it's, it's really scary because you hear it. You hear that sucking sound of the wingtip coming out. And normally, as soon as you hear that, you know you're, you're going to have something not fun happen to you. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be happening <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, – it doesn't seem to be happening on, on that 210 for me. Um, I actually have coming up this week, I think today, I hope, the signature 250 that I'm going to ride and test for a little while. So that'll be interesting. That'll probably feel similar to the 210 for you, I would, I would assume. Yeah, thing. yeah, as far as the, the, the weight, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to the pumping for just a second. Are there any sports or any feelings – that would help someone understand what that feeling of pumping is. For me, it came pretty naturally, you know, because I, I skateboarded a lot when I was a kid. I pumped surfboards and the whole thing. But it's a very difficult feeling to explain to someone who has not felt that. Um, what do you think would help people understand what that feeling of pumping is is like? And you only need to feel it once and then you've got it. But but how can how can folks start to understand that? Well, I don't think if there is any sport that is actually similar to pumping. You know, skating, if you have an up and down track, it will be similar, but like if you're just track. going straight on a skate, yeah, just like a pump track, that yeah. will be similar, but mostly yeah. on the, when you're skating, you're going straight, or even you're going down a ramp, or you're going up a ramp. You're not co uh, constantly you know, moving up and down, right. unless you're on the pump track. I think the, the skating on, on the pump track would be the most similar uh, way of riding. Yeah. This, I guess. Pod, this podcast is probably going to sell some pump tracks. Guys are going to be ordering them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the other thing that you touched on there right before pumping um, was about f altitude control while you're flying. And that's something that I've, I've kind of had a lot of trouble with. I, you know, I had some crazy falls at the beginning. And I think that's made me want to fly lower than I should be flying. And what's happened to me is that as I'm flying lower, then as I go to turn, I'm having to gain altitude as I'm going into turns. I just figured this out this week. So I'm gaining altitude as I go into turns, and that's resulting was resulting in a lot of a lot of breaching. And what I just realized uh, is that if I fly much higher when I'm going down the line, then as I'm approaching a turn, I can dive into that turn, and it's a much easier transition to dive into a turn, and that keeps your wingtips in more than going the opposite way. Um, did, yeah, you have, did you have any sense. of those experiences? Did you, did you go through that same process? I think when you get to a turn, it's exactly, it's exactly what you said. If you have the wing too close to the surface and you just uh, start to turn, you will be way easier to breach, but you you would have definitely more speed. But if you're trying to start the turn and the wing is more um, it's deeper on the water, you will have reduced speed, a little more drag, 
but you won't be you won't you won't breach as easy. I think it does it make sense? Yeah. It does Just make like sense. you said. Um all right, well let's uh let's go keep going through your wings right now. So right now we're at the um you've said you've you've ridden the the, the two king wings. Uh what was after that for you? After that, I, I kept riding these two wings, and then I got, he made me um, a very long wing. It had like a one meter wing span and about 38 centimeter uh, cord. But I, I, he made me that for pumping and for uh, downwinding. And it was a pretty good wing. It had a very thin profile, but it, it was hard to first lift at lower speed but once you're going faster it, it would work amazingly and then I, I kept riding this wing until until I broke it I broke this wing and I got and he got very pissed at me <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it and after that I got um, my friend lent me his uh, 200 wing from lift and then I made some good videos, and then Nick gave me that uh, 150. Uh, uh, sorry, the 175 fish. Yeah. Which which is one of the with uh, my favorite wings for surfing on small waves. That one is very very special. The 170 fish. What's the difference in the fish and the classic? I have not seen a, a fish wing, I don't believe. Are those the ones that no, come that in two parts? Amazing. No, no, it's only one piece. It's only one piece, okay. Yeah. What's the difference between the fish and the 170 classic? Well, the fish has a little more profile, okay. a thicker profile. Okay, so a little bit more and, volume. Uh, ha- exactly, more, a little bit more volume. And it makes a big difference because having more volume, you have a little more early lift and more pump. And what I think what makes the difference is the fishtail. The fishtail. Wow, that's amazing, man. That wing is very good. I'm going to have to test one of those. So, so if I was going to test a lift wing, which would you recommend that I test first? Oh, all of it. Well, for you... As you're a heavy guy, I think the 200 will be great. The 200 fish? For getting started. Yeah, no, no, they don't have the 200 fish. I don't think they make the fish anymore. Oh, no? I, I didn't see it on the website. No. I was looking the other day on the website. I, I couldn't find it. I guess they're making the... Um, they have the 170 surf nowadays. And they don't. I don't think they sell the 170 fish anymore. What's the difference in the surf and the fish? Do you know? Well, I tried the, the the 170 surf. It has a little more volume, a little more volume than 70 fish. So you can you you can do it with uh, with your weight. You can ride the 170 surf for sure. Gotcha. All right. Um, I'm gonna mix things up on you a little bit here. Or actually, let's let's keep finishing up with the with the wing. So so from the 170 fish wing, uh, where did you go from there? I went uh, well. I went to Unifoil, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
The first thing I got from Unifoil was a 175 Stealth. Uh, it doesn't call Stealth. I think he just called 175. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if he has a name for it. It's just 175. But it's, it's the same wing as the Stealth, I guess. From Signature. Yeah. And and that's what you're that and the the new 150 is what you're on mostly now. Is that right? Well, nowadays I'm riding the 175 and. Uh, the 150, but I don't have the 150. My friend has it. My friend uh, Luis, which is a friend that helps me a lot. Yeah. He has the 150, and we, well, the 150, and we get to to share that wing a lot. And I have the 170, which would be the 170 Albatross. But Clifford calls it Hyper. The Hyper. The yeah. Hyper wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just arrived at the beach, so I think it's going to be better now for Yeah, it sounds, sounds great. How's it looking? Well, it looks fun. Kind of kind of bouncy because of the tide. I think the tide is filling in, so it should get better. It's about waist to chest height, some shoulder height set. Looks pretty clean, sunny day, glassy. It will be fun. What are you going to ride today? Well, I bought on my bike, on the rack, I have my... 3.8 uh, surfboard. I bought the 175 and the 170. I don't know. I didn't know how the waves were before I left how, my home. So I bought two wings. And so you'd ride the, the 170. Is that the 170 fish? And you'd ride that if it's a little smaller? I haven't been riding the 170 fish from lift in a long time. I left at home. But I love it. So nice and polished at home. Just waiting for a good session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like polishing my wings, man. Well, how do you polish your wings? Love it. Oh, I just uh, I just sand it with a very thin sandpaper, and then I just go with the uh, the wax and a little little piece of rag. I just apply a, apply a little bit of pressure, make some heat, and that's it. It comes out nice and shiny. Um, do you feel a difference when you surf it when it's polished? Well, I don't know if if it's my head or if it really makes a difference. But I felt that uh, it makes a it makes difference. I felt good. It makes a difference. I felt very. I actually called Clifford the other day, asking him, uh, asking him what what does he think about polishing wings. But we we didn't get to to talk about it yet. I asked, hey, Clifford, what do you think about polishing wings? And he was about to call me, but we had, we are on the different time zone, so we haven't uh, uh, spoke about it yet. Let me know. But it felt good, man. I will for sure, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so who, who inspires you in foiling? Who are you looking up to to get inspiration? Because I know a lot of folks are looking up to you. Me included. Well, definitely Kailani, man. Kailani is uh, a great reference for everyone because he does everything. He does uh, kite foiling. He does the uh, he does foiling with the straps. He he can foil without straps. He can downwind foil. He can tuck foil. That that guy does everything. So he he's very uh, very, he does he brings a lot of inspiration for me. Well, and there's a lot of folks out there as well, man. Some a lot of unknown. Uh, riders that are very good at foiling, man. I think there's a lot of names, man. Uh, 
Brian Finch from Foil the World, this his friend Kyle Maligro, I think uh, James Casey from Australia. Well, wow, there's a lot of people, man. I think everyone brings a little bit of, of, of inspiration, you know. Everyone has has his own way of reading the ocean and his own style. KD Maui, man, I love KD Maui. His turns are amazing. He's a very tall guy, and the way he he rides with his very tall stance, you know, he you see that he does everything very tall, and he has his relaxed arms. I really like his style, just like with skateboarders. Skateboarder, yeah. you know, uh, when I used to skate. I used to see that uh, skaters with the most style, very stylish guys, they ride with the uh, low arms. And KD rides just like a skateboard. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that, that's, well, that's there's very a lot true. of names, man. He actually reached out and had a couple questions for you. So I'll hit you with Kane's questions right now. Um, Kane right, asked, uh, where are you going to take the sport next? Well, I don't know, man. Wherever everybody's going, man. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things to do. So many things to do. I really want to do the the wing thing. I really want to try that wing because I, I always wanted to kite. But where I live, there is not a lot of wind. Well, for spoiling, there is enough wind. But for learning to kite, you need uh, consistency. You need to be there every day. And I don't get wind to ride, to kite every day. So it's very hard for me to learn how to kite. And kites are very expensive. Man, I don't have money enough to buy a good kite, you know? So I think the wing thing would be good because there is no line, so it should be way easier to learn. Yeah, I, I, and, I agree. And you're no, not strapped man. in. Yeah, and exactly, you're not strapped in. I really want to try downwinding too, but where I live, there is not enough wind, so it's hard to downwind around here. So I just want to keep surfing, water surfing. Just like uh, on a regular shortboard, you know, doing yeah. bottle turns, trying to hit the lip and boost airs, just surf. What what maneuvers are you working on? And, and have you ever tried a carving 360? I keep looking at lips and, and thinking, like, I, I'm going to do that one day. I don't know why. But I feel like that's possible on a foil. It is possible. It's definitely possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I've been eating shit all the time I try it, but <laughs> I'm working on it already. <laughs> Um, so many things to do, so many things, man. I, I really want to learn how to foil with the straps. I always have a hard time, you know, paddling into a wave and setting up your feet on the foil. Um, that's very hard. I, I have a hard time to learn how to ride with the straps, but it's on the list. I will. I will learn. Um, let, let's go through your boards real quick. What do you like in a foil board? I've been going all over the place, testing everything I can. I design boards. I'm, I've got a whole bunch of new ideas coming out in just in a minute. But um, what what boards do you like in what situations? That's a good question. In the beginning, I felt that having a very short board was very good for uh, pumping and connecting waves. But when you start uh, hitting the white water, you know, you start doing... Uh, longer turns. I think having a too short of a board, it makes harder because you don't have that nose to, you know, when when you hit the white water, having a little more nose, it makes everything easier. You know, you have more 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 space, more room to, uh, you know, to to fix any mistake you make. 
So I, I was riding a, uh, a 3.5, which was way too small. And then I went to a 3.8, which it felt good. But now that now as I'm you know uh, learning more, I think I the right size for me would be between the 4.0 and a 4.2, something around that. And how, how tall are you, for reference? Uh, I'm 165 centimeters. I get oh, issue. I, I should be about four three. I, I mean five three, four five four. Okay. I guess. Okay. So yeah, I'm about six one, and I did the same exact thing that you did. I started off um, on a stand up about a six five, and then I started dropping volume and size on a stand up. Now I'm down to a five five on a stand up, but it's too small. I don't like it. It you lose the advantage of being on a stand up. If I'm on a stand up. I want to be able to chip into waves super early. And on the 5.5 five at 100 liters, I can't do that anymore, so it's better for me just to be prone. Um, in prone, I started off um, pretty small because I was watching everybody go really, really small. And I love that for pumping, just like you said, but now I'm working my way back up. I just tested um, the F1 Rocket for a little while, and that's a pretty cool board. It's a 5.0. And that really lets me smash the lip. And my last shape was a 410 that I did. Um, and sim similar, you know, both about 36 liters of volume. And having that extra volume and having that extra length on the board lets you feel so much more comfortable, especially as you're banking into the way and in taking off on bigger surf, in bigger surf. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the best thing of having a little longer board is taking off when the surf is bigger. Um, all right. So Kane also writes, what's your favorite wave to foil? It's where it's that that wave that I used to run all the time. Uh, I've just seen my my last boat. Yeah, the, the, that place is a is a foil heaven for sure. Are That's you my towing or spot. paddling in there? Mostly towing, it looks like. Oh, a little bit of both because we were sharing the sea. So sometimes it, if the set come, I wouldn't wait for the sea. I would just paddle. That's got to be a bit big of difference, though. Like because normally, if you're towing, you're going to be on a much smaller board. Um, so then you're probably paddling in on a really small board. Yeah, this board is very small. My board is a three-eight. The board I was, no, actually that day I was riding my uh, my friend's board, my my friend Louis. It's a three-seven, but very thin and very narrow, so it's very hard to paddle on that board. I could only paddle when the wave was was already breaking. What kind of rails do you like on a on a board? Uh, I like the beveled rails. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like it when a board tracks as I'm paddling in. I like there to be, I like the board to be as um, benign as possible, as as um, almost like a boat, you know. Yes, you wanna you wanna leave the water, man. You wanna you don't wanna get stuck in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you use shims, tail shims? Well, I used to. Kane uh, told me to try the shim on the front screw. For the for the 175 from Lyft. Yep. And I uh, I don't know I didn't feel good. And then Kane said to put it um, to try it, the shim on the back screw to reduce the lift. And I couldn't do it, man. I looked like a cook. I couldn't do it at all. Interesting. I'll get up on the floor and fall. I had a very hard time. So nowadays I don't use shim. I ride it pretty flat. On the on my two ten, I don't use a shim. Um, the and the Neil Pride, I, I messed around with shims, and I like that flat more as well. 
Um, I feel like I feel like if the wing's made well, it's balanced, and those all feel very well made to me. Um, yeah, shimmy the wings is all about having more or less lift, more or less drag, because if you shin too much, you have a lot of drag, right? Yeah. But a lot of drag, less speed, but more lift. Yep. It's all about what you're looking for. Yep. Yeah, the cost of lift is drag, um, and it's interesting, you know. I a don't lot like of the... drag. I ra <laughs> I rather I, I rather have a lift from speed than having lift from uh, from uh, angle of attack of the wing. Yep, that, that's what I'm. That's where I'm at right now. Is I am moving towards wings that are more efficient, less lift, more speed, and I think you just have to get to a point though. You know, when I start started getting into foiling. Fernando, I thought that you could just buy a foil and buy a board, and that was going to be it. And now I've realized no, that it's, it's not that simple. Nope, nope. I mean, as you're learning, you want more lift, you want lower aspect, you want that stable, controlled, slow feeling of flying. And then as you get better, you need that less and less, and you're able to generate your own lift through speed. Uh, and then so the wings start changing. I'm right in that inflection point right now where I'm going from kind of the lower aspect wings to the lower profile, lower drag wings, and it's a fun place to be. It's super fun. Yeah, you, you, you got it, man. You understand everything. So I guess uh, as you learn, as you evolve your techniques and stuff, we don't, we don't see foil surfing as that cruising thing. You, you start feeling that it's possible to really rip, you know, really get radical. So I think uh, choosing the right equipment is very important or uh, the way you ride the wings and the way you approach the surf. Yeah. Have you had any bad injuries? Have you hit your wing too hard yet? Well, no. No. Luckily, no. Not yet. Well, Knock the other day, the, the wing hit my arm. Uh, I really hurt. Uh, it didn't break or it didn't uh, crack the bones, but it really hurt the, the muscle and veins. And I was like two or one week before I go to Peru. I don't like taking medicine for anything, but I, I wait to take this, uh, this anti-inflammatory injection. And when I got into the plane, my arm was still aching. And it was crazy because right when I got to the cold water, my first session, in, uh, everything started to heal. I think it was the anti-inflammatory doing its back. <laughs> but yeah, it hurt really bad, but I didn't break. Um, did you go to Shikama? Oh, yeah, man. How was that? Heaven on earth. <laughs> crazy, crazy. It's a whole different dimension. When you get the wave out at the point, and when you're uh, flying through the cape where the wave barely breaks, I don't know, man. It's like a meditation stuff. Your your mind goes to a different place. It's crazy, crazy. Can't wait to get back there, man. That's insane. I think I... every surfer, foil surfer, Needs to go to Shikama. It's the longest wave in the world. And you can't make it with the shortboard. You can make it with any other uh, watercraft, only with the foil. So it's That's... very unique. How long were your ride times? Well, I actually uh, rode a wave. We were towing in with the boat. And then I got left outside all by myself. <laughs> and then this big set came. And I paddled around the first wave, and then the second wave was huge. 
But I got to position at that one sweet spot in over the white water, but very on the shoulder. And I got up and I, I surfed all the way to the point. But when I got to the point, uh, I had to pump back out because the on the on the well, there's the there's two points of Shikama, right? You have La Punta, is the very beginning of the wave, way out there, and there's the point. And then I rode from La Punta all the way to the point. But as the waves were not as big to connect the whole thing, I had to pump from one wave to the next wave. <laughs> then I when I connect to the next wave, I got to ride it all the way to the pier. All, so I, I did the whole thing, but not on the same ride. Wow. And then I had my friend's GPS uh, watch, that you know, that uh, rip curl watch that has a GPS. Yeah. And I rode it, I guess, for four, uh, three, nine, three hundred. 3,900 something kilometers, I guess. It was a six minute, six minute and 50. That's six that's minute ridiculous. ride, pretty much. It is, man. That's what I'm saying. Every rider needs to go to Shikama. That's insane. I've got a big birthday coming up here in about a month and a half, and I'm looking for a trip, maybe. Maybe I should put that on the list. That'd be insane. Well, I follow, I follow one guy from uh, on Instagram, and he keeps posting. I think it's about to get off season now and the waves are still going there it's insane um yeah but i think Shikama is good between uh, april and september i guess so it's a south swell that makes sense yeah exactly. same same as the costa rica swell season um all right last question before i let you get out there in the water i know that you're jones into surf um in in boards what do you think about construction types of boards? Do you like carbon boards or epoxies? Does it matter to you? Weight, swing weight in a board? Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. It does matter. I think, uh, well, carbon is the best way. EPS, epoxy, and carbon. I think you can get uh, the best constructions out of carbon and EPS and epoxy resin. Yeah. But, you know, there, there are many ways. I think nowadays people should think uh, more about the sustainability, man. There are so much shit on the planet that we can uh, reuse it. Yep. You know, I, and humans are capable enough to create create new things. You know, we are about the time to start creating new shit, you know, to reuse, man. The, the planet messed up. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I'll give a shout-out to Ryan at Earth Technologies. Um, my next batch of boards is going to be zero waste coming out of uh, his factory in California where they reuse all of the you know everything all the waste all the scrap they reuse they use epoxy that's a ecotech epoxy um so yeah my next board's coming out i shape on a very small scale mainly just for a bunch of friends and stuff and uh, but our next batch is going to be all zero waste which is cool yeah i think that's the best way to go maybe yeah just using waste yeah for sure uh, all right, man, what do you want to leave folks with? This has been awesome. And and I hope you will come on again at some point in the future. Yeah, I need to practice my English, man, to make it better next time. There are so many things we can talk about, and there are so many things to share. Uh, and, you, you know, being able to speak this. Oh, thank you, man. Super good. Better than if I was doing this I in don't Spanish. Know. Yeah, I actually speak Portuguese. You know, for no, me, no, I think it's I, I know, I know, I know. I speak Spanish, though. I'm saying it's better than than me speaking in, in Spanish, which is my second language. Yeah, uh, Spanish is even harder than Portuguese, I think. 
well, it's what I, what I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to leave folks with? Well, I just, you know, keep spoiling, guys. Everything that's uh, it's coming out of this community is pretty amazing. People get to share the stokes. People look very, you know, familiarized with everything that everybody goes on, you know, with the foils, with the boards and everything. So it's nice, man, just everybody to keep spoiling and keep sharing the stokes. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing the stoke. You know, I'm about to go foil. It's like two feet at 13 seconds right now. Some of our spots are going to be really good today. And, you know, before I go foil, I always watch videos for inspiration and, and yours are always at the top of the list, man. So please keep them coming. Um, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for, uh, for, uh, being inspirational to all of us who are, you know, the bar keeps moving every day. It feels like you're getting better at the sport. And then every day you or Kane or, uh, Kiahi or somebody's dropping some video that's like, man, the bar. Oh now, yeah, Kiahi. It's... There's so many names, man. Kiahi is another good, great reference for everyone. The guy's a monster. He Dude, does everything ridiculous. and he does everything well. Yeah. He's, he he uh, he just uh, hopefully it'll work out, but I think he's going to do the show coming up when he finds uh, some time. He's been really busy, but uh, but hopefully he'll be on soon too. So, um, thanks, man. I appreciate right on, it, Fernando. Yeah. No worries, man. I thank you. I, I really appreciate this opportunity, man. It's pretty cool. I hope this sport grows more and more, and we get to travel, you know, for events worldwide. That'll be fun. Yeah, it, it'll be amazing. I think the sport will grow. And you know what I love about this sport and its growth is that I don't feel, it's what Paul was saying, PB from, from the Lost Boys Foil Club, I agree with this wholeheartedly, that there's not the same scarcity in foiling as there is, as there is in surfing. You know, I, I just feel like you don't, you're not competing in the same way you are in a surfing lineup. And I think it's just going to stoke out oh, no, so many different. people. Yeah, just like a presentation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Well, have a great surf and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. You too. Enjoy your day, man. Awesome. Thank you.